Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. In the last couple of episodes, I featured how county planning affects development patterns, and also I talked about the role of the small hometown in creating prosperity. This week, I'm diving back into the bread and butter of economic development, which is core industries as an economic driver. This is how a community uses its strengths and advantages to compete for jobs and investment in the global and regional market. My guest this week is Jay Dusenberry, who is the president of Michigan Metal Coatings, another of the great companies that we have here in St. Clair County and in Port Huron. Welcome, Jay, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for the invite. So coating metals sounds like something that's important in the defense, in the automotive industries, and probably also in heavy equipment, I would imagine. Is that what Michigan Metal Coatings is all about? Yeah, yep, that's exactly what we do. So we're typically tier two for automotive companies. We also work with heavy truck, make class eight, which would be the heavy semis. We're also doing some industrial work with railroad companies and construction companies. So uh, basically we work on corrosion protection for any of the ferrous metals that would be on trucks, cars, and such. Corrosion protection. So keeping these parts, these metals from rusting. Yep. The primary function. Exactly. Not decorative. It's more of the fasteners, structural and chassis components of vehicles, everything that would typically rust on a salty, salty day in the winter. So give me some examples of companies that you serve. So from an OEM perspective, the top five OEMs that we work with are uh, Honda, Tesla, Toyota, Daimler, Truck, and General Motors. So those are our end customers. We have 150 direct customers that are tier one here, and that, that ranges anywhere from Chicago to Toronto. So we've got a pretty wide range of customers. And that's one of the reasons Port Huron's a great spot for us geographically is because we're pulling from such a wide range here in the Midwest. And and you just stole my next question, but I want to get back to the customers before we talk about the location. Mm -hmm. 150 customers spread Mm -hmm. around the globe, basically. Right. How do you manage that with your sales team? So we've grown our sales team quite a bit here in the last three to four years. And that's one of the key parts is just the customer service, right? Being able to access to our customers, be able to get a quote and be able to get the work turned around in a quick time. And, and the reason we're growing to 150 is because of the expansions we're going to be able to do in Port Huron here in the last couple of years. Gotcha. So I first uh, worked with your company when you were located in Rochester Hills. Yes. It was one of my great losses at that time <laughs> uh, when you moved to Port Huron. I followed you here. <laughs> and uh, so we've been fortunate to have you as a great employer here in the local economy for a mm-hmm. long time. Why is Port Huron, or just this area in general, St. Clair County, Metro Detroit, the right place for your company? So we we think it's the right blend of access to large markets, such as Detroit and Toronto, but then also just cost of living. We think it's a very reasonable place to to operate. Building costs, labor costs are all very reasonable. And uh, we've also found that the community itself, whether it's the city or groups like EDA, have been very welcoming and uh, supporting of any kind of growth that we would do in the area. The business climate, let's talk about that, where it is right now. So I understand like over time, this is an area that's, that's been effective for the company to 
maintain and, yeah, and grow your business. But right now we're in kind of this really uncertain time in the economy. So how's the company weathering that? So these, this will be one of our busiest years ever. And we found that our technology has applications on both the existing ICE and then also the new EVs. So, you know, a follow-up question on that. Now, we've seen a lot of composite materials enter mm-hmm. into the automobile mm-hmm. over the last probably 10 years. That obviously affects your business sort of in a negative way. And now we're going into this EV market, which light weighting is mm-hmm. extremely mm-hmm. important. So how have you, you know, over that, this, this transition over 10 years, how have you managed to position yourself to continue to get that work? So some of the coding technology that we're working with is there's applications that have been designed specifically for EVs. So whether it's self-tapping screws that are used on the aluminum battery components. Okay. But there's also some components of the vehicle that have not changed. So some of the suspension, wheel bolts, door hinges, and things like that, those still need corrosion protection, and they're still applicable on the new designs. Right. So I was thinking of like the chassis, you know, like mm-hmm. the big, yep. Yep. big components. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, our, the skin on vehicles these days is completely different from yes. what we all used to, to drive. So yes. I assumed that that would be, a, you know, a challenge for a company like yours. But let's talk about a couple of other industries real quick. You mentioned rail, which I mm-hmm. hadn't thought about rail, but mm-hmm. that, that seems to make a lot of sense. So what percentage of your business approximately is dealing with that industry? It's less than 5%, but what they're looking at is the, new, the railroad has changed some of their design criteria. And we're putting coding systems on them to help the, the life of the rail system. So these are the clamping, uh, patented clamping technology that's used to hold the rail in place. So as they're retrofitting some of the railroads here in the United States, they're going to the new technology. And we're lucky enough they're using some of our corrosion technology for that. Boy, everybody's going to new technology. Yeah, right, right. And we're going to talk about that with you in a minute as well. Another one that um, you know I find interesting is defense. The defense industry, a lot of metals, you know, the... Bradley vehicles, all these vehicles are very mm-hmm. heavy. They're just complete opposite of what our cars today are made out of. So just touch on defense for a little bit. For us, so uniquely, sometimes we're not allowed to know the application. So we'll get a print and we have to uh, sign away that uh, obviously we hold it, everything secret. But ironically, I don't always know the application, but they have to do with both, for example, Lockheed Martin, we're doing some work with some aerospace, and then we're also doing stuff with heavy truck in the uh, military space. So a lot of times we don't get to see the end application just for confidentiality in terms of what where it actually goes on the on the actual vehicle. So um, we have the general idea, but we don't know the exact application in many cases. Okay. And then there's aerospace too. Is that another mm-hmm. industry that you're in? Yeah. So that's something that we're starting to do. It's a small percentage of it, but there's a, a fairly strong aerospace supply network here in the uh, Detroit area. And we want to be a part of that. And um, so again, the same type of corrosion technology that we're using on automotive. There are applications in the aerospace industry that also can use it as well. Yeah. So it sounds to me like, you know, you've got small percentages in certain other mm-hmm. industries and then probably pretty heavy in automotive. But Correct. how important is that diversification to your business though? Yeah, it's, it's really important for us because one of the things we try to diversify, not only within automotive, but right now we're supplying the major U.S. auto OEMs, the uh, Asian auto OEMs, and then also in Europe. So we want to have broad diversity within the uh, auto sector. So we're not diversifying the actual technology, the chemical we're applying, but we want to have a broad range of OEMs that we're working with and industries. And one of them we think is actually on the construction side. So we're competing with some other coding technology that we think is becoming a little bit outdated. And so we're looking at construction companies that are looking at using our technology that was applicable on cars, but also using it in construction now going forward. So my organization has been pretty involved in working with companies on automation and industry 4.0 technology. 
I'm just curious, like in your, I haven't been in your shop in years, which is shame on me. I need to do that. Mm -hmm. Just talk a little bit about some of the advanced technology that you're using today. Yeah. So one of the key to our successes over the past decade has been the investment in the automation within the plant. So if you went back and looked at our plant 20 years ago, there would have been many high lows. There would have been a lot of manual transfer of work from cell to cell. And now what we've invested a lot in here in the last several decades is the fact that we want to use robots and automation to make fully integrated cells so that what would have taken five operators to do a process 10 years ago now can be done with two and using robots to help move material within the plant from process to process. So, so that's one of the competitive advantages we have is the amount of investment we've made in automation and robotics within the plant. So this is a topic we've talked about with other companies quite frequently and that transition the, the skill set of the employees, the, the requirement for training, and all of those things is really critical to being able to move into some of these advanced technology areas using ro robots, programming, maintaining the robots, all these things. So how have you uh, handled that? So one of the things that we do is we kind of move from employing a lot of high-low drivers and move towards more maintenance technicians and specialties is, is we've got to do secondary education. So special classes outside of the workplace basically investing in, in these employees to do extra training. So it's not all on the job. So we have to use local colleges and different specialized services to do additional training with them because the skill set has changed. So it's not simply just moving it manually with a high-low and pushing buttons on the machine. It's, it's the, letting the robots run it. So that obviously takes a different skill set to be able to manage that kind of process. Yeah. We're also seeing you know, people aging out of the workplace. And so that's become you know, a challenge. Now you've got this need for people to have a different type of skill set, mm -hmm. right? They generally are younger. Some of them might be coming through high school and going right into the workplace, right into your shop, right? And then you train them up, get them to where they, they need to be. But, you know, one of the initiatives we've had in the county for a number of years has been this uh, manufacturing day mm -hmm. where we do plant tours. Mm -hmm. All the 10th graders in public school go on these plant tours mm -hmm. every year. And the idea is to introduce them to modern day manufacturing exactly. as opposed to you know, kind of the dirty shop floor that, right. you know, that image that, you know, is from probably 30 years ago today. But to you, when you see modern plants today, they're, they're clean, everything's different. And so we've been doing these tours for a while. And how important are these young people and introducing them to these new types of jobs that you're offering? Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned is we have to get rid of the stigma that working in a plant is somehow they're associating it with like steel mills from the fifties or something like that, that is dirty or unsafe or that it's not a, a fulfilling career path. So one of the things we try to bring people in to see, yes, we have employees on the floor working on the machines, but then there's all these support services that are really important, whether it's working in the technical lab with the chemicals, whether it's working on the engineering side or working on the sales side. So we want them to see that, that yes, there's the machines themselves, but look at the entire business and all the other opportunities for employment that are around that within the business. You're in the midst of an expansion that's been planned for a while, and yes. you're getting close to the end of that. So yep. Just talk to me about that expansion, what that's going to do for you. Yeah. So what, one of the things that uh, our customers have been asking is take on more work, and we've been able to work with both the city and the EDA. We were able to purchase some additional land on 20th Street, and uh, EDA was really critical in helping us move forward with that whole process. So we're just finally finishing the expansion of the 20,000 square feet here this month. And so we're looking forward to that. Our customers have been excited because they've been waiting to send more work to us. And again, one of the largest OEMs that we service is Tesla. So the nice thing about it is this is not old technology that we're servicing here in Port Huron. These are brand new vehicles and brand new technology in the market that we're able to service. 
So I worked with Tesla early in my career. Ah, okay. Bringing their first facility to Michigan, which at that time was an engineering facility. Mm -hmm. So I have some familiarity with that company. It's mm -hmm. amazing what an impact they've had in the industry over Absolutely. the last you know, 10 years since they were formed. And, and we find stories like this when we talk to our companies, like, yeah, we do the following thing for Tesla. It's, it's just amazing the impact that's mm -hmm. out there. So how did you get involved with them? So we were fortunate enough that some of our existing tier one customers were doing business with Tesla. And we were able to develop a good relationship in terms of being approved for Tesla and being one of their critical tier two suppliers. So we were able to basically piggyback on existing relationships with our customers here in the, in the Michigan area. So there's, there's a fair amount of Tesla manufacturing that's taking place in Michigan. And these parts are then get shipped throughout the world to service Tesla. Yeah, well, I think the competition is catching up to Tesla now a little bit in the EV space, and mm -hmm. pretty soon it seems like almost every model that that's going to be manufactured is going to be an EV or a hybrid. So mm -hmm. Tesla's got its work cut out for it, and but that also creates opportunities for you. Yeah, and we've been able to establish relationships with Lucid and Rivian. That's encouraging for us that we're seeing other OEMs that are embracing our technology as well. So, what does the future look like for Michigan Metal Coatings? We want to continue to grow. You know, one of the things that we, we don't see our technology being replaced in the short run, and what we want to do is continue to expand the OEMs that we work with and the industries that we're working in. So if we can work, do additional work with uh, aerospace, industrial, railroad, those type of applications, we'd like to continue to grow those here in Port Huron. Well, I want to wish you good luck in the future. I mean, your company's done really well in your Port Huron location for the last 10 or 12 years. Now you're growing more work will be coming in. That probably equates to more jobs. It does. Yeah, and a bright future. Yeah, we really appreciate your support, and we really enjoy the process that we've had working with EDA and Port Huron. Yeah, well, we appreciate you as well. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, Jay, and good luck in the future. Thank you. For all of the listeners out there, I want to thank you for tuning in each week to learn about what makes St. Clair County a premier place to live, work, and do business. EDA's programs, services, and mission to enhance and grow our region's economy wouldn't be possible without the generous support of the EDA members and great companies like Michigan Metal Coatings. You can learn more about the Economic Development Alliance at www.edascc.com. I'm Dan Casey, and thanks for tuning in to the Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. I hope to see you soon on the sandy shores of Michigan's Thumb Coast. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.